the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on the Hill Country morning. It's August. Uh, We've got some clouds off in the distance. We made it all the way through July with at least right here in the Hill Country. I am nearly positive we never hit 100. I know that uh, if you get out, you know, west or other places, south hit 100. But, boy, we were blessed in the Hill Country. We've made it through July without hitting a hundred i don't know if these lows are going to stick around but goodness gracious another week or two another uh august uh, that was like july boy i'm telling you what we uh it, this is uh this is a nice relief so there you go all kinds of exciting things about august we still have a week left in the special session i believe it runs through saturday or sunday and uh, give you a little update on that. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, August. I know there's a lot of people out there that um, who think that in August that, um, yeah, August is a big month. You know, there were a lot of people who made predictions uh, last fall. Some of them uh, called, uh, they, some of them said that they were told by God that uh, Donald Trump was going to be the president. These were the prophets you heard over and over again. In fact, I have made a list of about uh, 30 of these prophets who uh, claimed to be speaking for God and said that Donald Trump was going to be reelected, and then he wasn't. And then uh, many of those uh, same prophets, and I use the uh, quotation marks, said, well, come January 6th, and then come January 20th, and then... Oh, yeah, there was a March deadline in there. There was some kind of March 15th or something deadline that these uh, prophets and uh, others uh, said that, well, that's the constitutional day of, of, of bringing the president in. And, oh, Trump was going to be back then. And, and so there, are still, there, are, there is still a prophet or two out there. And, by the way, if you're still paying attention to these guys, um, it doesn't work that way. Prophets, those who speak for God, don't get to get it wrong once, not even one time. So this whole list of these prophets who got it wrong back in November, they're still out there, and there's still people paying attention to them. Well, some of these prophets are saying that uh, August, that's this month, Trump's going to be back. So we've got, uh, let's see, August has 31 days. So we got 29 days for that prophecy to come true. And uh, this, uh, if you're counting on that, folks, uh, give me an update. If you hear something, um, you know, if they start, uh, if Trump's on his way to Washington or anything like that, uh, give me an update and let me know uh, because August is here. And, um, yeah, folks, don't pay attention to this junk. It's garbage. And uh, before I get carried away on this, there is, listen very carefully, there is no constitutional path to 
overturn the election results from last fall. Whatever you think about them, whatever you think. If you think there were 20 states that cheated and Trump won 20 states instead of whatever the number, that there's no way to turn that over. It doesn't matter. They could prove the cheating. They, uh, everybody who cheated could come forward and said, oh, absolutely, we threw a million. I, I'll testify it. I burned the ballots myself. If we did that in every single state and we found out that Trump actually won every single state, there is no constitutional remedy for that. None. So um, anybody that's telling you that stuff, you know, wink and nod and smile and maybe say, you know, I don't know, say keep coming back. It works. You know, something like that. Just uh but it's not going to happen. But uh, we'll uh, we we who knows who knows. I've I've been wrong before. Ask my wife. Um, in fact, it happens several times a day. So it's uh, I guess I guess it could happen. But uh, it's not going to. But um, I'm still going to um, I'm still going to bring it up because these false prophets need to be exposed. And if you're still paying attention to any one of these guys. Go through the list, and if you're still paying any attention to these guys, to these prophets who said that Trump was going to win the uh, election, you're, they're done. They're done. They're false prophets. Throw them out the window. Be done with them. Wash your hands. Knock the dust off of your feet and keep moving. All right, enough of that rant. I've been waiting for August to come just to, just to unload that one. You know, I mean, I'm telling you, the, the silliness, it's silliness. So I want to thank uh, Tejas Smoke Depot. They've been uh, with me here from day one. I'm real proud to have them as sponsors for this program. And so go go buy Tejas Smoke Depot and give Dave and Jody Gould some business. They're up in Fredericksburg, out on the west end of town. We got some things for your calendar uh, next Sunday, next Sunday, 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 next Sunday in Pleasanton is going to be a, another is going to be another uh, rally uh, a an engagement um, what's it called a border invasion awareness rally and the reason I'm stumbling around is because I'm getting all kinds of texts right now and uh, so that is this next Sunday actually in the second quarter here in a few minutes we're going to uh, bring on a special guest of mine, a good friend, Kathy Lux, is going to come on. And uh, we're going to talk about the border invasion awareness rally that we attended in Saturday in Hondo. And by the way, there were quite a few listeners uh, to this program who were in Hondo. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you very, very much. In fact, I had people walk up to me and say, Say, I came today because you told me to. We heard you say on the radio, I'm here. And uh, and so, very proud of those folks. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you introducing yourself to me. Uh, and please have some grace on me. And so, this um, have some grace on me. As uh, I'm not going to remember your name the first time or the second time you introduce yourself to me. I'm sorry. I'll do my best. And, uh, you know, and, but uh, please, uh, you may have to introduce yourself to me more than once. Uh, in fact, Saturday, someone even made that point. They said, uh, yeah, this is the second time I've introduced myself to you. And uh, all I can do is smile about that and say, well, thank you for doing that again. So anyway, 
there were a bunch of people there. I know that out of but combining Kerrville and Fredericksburg, uh, just the folks I knew there, um, it seemed like we had about 25, uh, 20 to 25 of uh, Fredericksburg, uh, Kerrville, Kerr County Patriots, the the We the People, Liberty in Action people, some of those were there. Fredericksburg Tea Party people were there. And, and so I want to thank those groups for uh, getting out there and getting to this rally. We're going to have another one this coming Sunday. It's a different lineup of people. Some of them are in common, but many of them are different. So this rally is going to be just as good, if not better, as the one in Hondo. And so it's in Pleasanton. We'll get you more details on that as we go through. So let's see this week's guests. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I just got a text from Jeanette. There is a city council meeting tonight in Fredericksburg at 6 o'clock at the Law Enforcement Center. I looked up the agenda for that a few days ago. Um, there is also a budget workshop at uh, the golf course uh, this Wednesday at 4 p.m. in the Cardinal Room. And the public is allowed to attend these, and you are allowed to make, um, allowed to make um, comments on that. In fact, Kathy has uh, written some testimony that she is going to be giving to the city council tonight. And so... Um, I'm going to have her read that uh, her testimony, and that way she can practice uh, one more time. And so, if you want to get involved in this, uh, show up tonight uh, up at the uh, at the Fredericksburg uh, City Council meeting at the Law Enforcement Center out there on East Main. Um, all right, and let's see. Uh, oh, I got some great guests this week. Wednesday, Wednesday, the great, the one and only. Jonathan Stickland, Representative Jonathan Stickland, is going to be on here on the program, and we're going to talk about what happens in the back rooms of the Capitol. They are no longer smoke-filled, but the back rooms are certainly where everything happens, and uh, Jonathan Stickland is going to come on the air, and we're going to expose some of what happens the dirty dealings behind closed doors in Austin, everything from uh, the selection of the speaker, which we now know how important that is, all the way through which bills they determine ahead of time, ahead of time which bills are going to be passed and which ones are going to be killed. So that's Wednesday, Friday. We have a gal named Tina who's going to be on here uh, talking to us about the rally in Pleasanton. Uh, right now, let's see. I give you a little bit of um, a little bit of a Ben Franklin here. I had one picked out. Ah, here it is. He is ill-clothed, who is bare of virtue. If you're not wearing your virtue, you're uh, not dressed very well, folks. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned to the Matt Long Show and telling your friends about this. By the way, now, if you uh, want your husband or your wife or one of the kids or your grandparents to hear the program today and they weren't tuned in, 
You can get these programs on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Radio Public, on Breaker, on Pocket Casts. So we have, uh, actually, uh, there's another one, too. I think it's called Anchor. So what I'm doing is every day when I get home uh, from the program, I'm pulling down the program off of our website and uh, taking the news and the weather out of it so it kind of streamlines it a little bit and uh, then posting them. And so on most days by noon, uh, today's program should be up and posted. Um, I'm most familiar with Spotify and Google Podcasts. I have also put in a description of each program, the guests who are on it, and a little bit of a teaser as to what's contained in the program. So you could actually go back and, uh, you know, if it was the Chip Roy interview or the Kyle Biederman interview or the Kathy Lux interview, you can go back and replay that. Kathy, good morning. Uh, Welcome to the Matt Long Show. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Man, life is good. We had a great time Saturday. Kathy has been around her and her husband, have uh, been part of the tea party for, uh, well, I'm not even going to try to guess how long, uh, but they've been around and helpful. And I'm telling you, when we have a rally or when we go out of town somewhere to a special event, Kathy and Jean are always, uh, nearly always there with us. And so so Kathy and Jean went down this Saturday, and uh, I think Tanya rode with you, didn't she? Right, Tanya. Mm-hmm. So she we see. Rode along. Yeah. So see, we carpool, folks. If you need a ride, um, we carpool to these events. We help each other out. In fact, uh, we filled up a table at the old Spanish Trail in Bandera <laughs> on uh, uh, Saturday after the rally and enjoyed some good company there. So tell us, what was your first? What, what's just the first thing off of the top of your head, Kathy? About this border invasion awareness rally. Tell me some of your impressions. Okay, well, the first rally we went to was down in Brackettville. And it was at that rally that I became astounded at what was actually going on because our reporting on the news media and in in social media is only the tip of the iceberg. These people are actually under siege. The ranchers, the, uh, the townspeople, are uh, being inundated with this um, massive humanity that are encroaching upon their property and their lives. Uh, at this rally, it was uh, what what impressed me was that the gentleman that has warriors for ranchers. warriors for ranchers, right? Mm-hmm. He he has now become from in Brackettville. He was just a rancher there presenting or his his his. Right. Uh, project mm-hmm. now he is nationwide he's going on he's on actually a kind of a tour you know to raise border awareness and he's starting chapters in all sorts of states that um you know that aren't on the border but still are being influenced by what is happening on the border and we here in fredericksburg particularly in the hill country we seem to be of a mind that we are uh, removed from the effects of it but we are not. We are not, and we're not going to be. We're going to be inundated like everybody else because um, in Mission yesterday, 10,000 people were around, you know, had, came, had, had entered the country wow. uh, at one, one, in one fell swoop. I could not believe that. Wow. But about the rally in Hondo, uh, it was very well attended, 
everyone is always so happy to see us from the the hill country mm-hmm. come down because um, they need our support and our um, backing. And and even if we think we can't do something, the idea that we stand behind these people uh, in their efforts to to try to retain or regain their normal life, mm. uh, it it means a lot to them. The moral support. Plus, we can lobby our uh, our legislators to m- make a- our governor uh, actually follow through with his m- words. Right. Um, I just. I received the Texas scorecard uh, print out uh, report today, and the wall that he states he's building is actually just a chain link fence. Yeah. And as the ranchers know, nothing will stop these uh, folks that are bent on getting into the um, uh, into the country. Now, and one thing I did um, I did. Uh, was remarkable to me is that the train goes right by Hondo. It's, mm-hmm. it's the railroad does. And they're finding people that, um, if, uh, that they actually get in the cars that are being brand new cars that are being delivered. They, uh, are unlocked and the keys are in it. So they run the car, run the air conditioner, ride in luxury across the country till they get off at wherever they're getting off at. And so mm. if you've ordered a new car recently, <laughs> you may have had a little unknown passenger in it. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just the creativity on on this is is uh, amazing to me. Yeah, so. we that that uh, story about uh, um um illegal aliens using uh, motor vehicles being transported across the border. I knew about that 10 years ago. Um, I mean that this this is the way it's always been, and and we've known this forever. And the trains uh, just appear to be just a regular route. In fact, I don't know if you recall this, just a little bit of a rabbit trail to go down. But um, I think it was around fifteen or twenty years ago, there was a serial killer who was riding the trains from Mexico and was killing people on these uh, illegal uh, aliens. Um, killing them on the trains as they were entering into the country. So you mentioned uh, Mike Miller. He is with Warriors for Ranchers, and uh, he brought some video of uh, his his uh, place where he had been living. Um, it had been ransacked. They tore through his house. They tore through his kid's house, and he said they left an envelope on his uh, on on uh, they they pulled an envelope out of somewhere that had his new address on it because he's had to sell the place and uh, they pulled this envelope out and they set it in a very prominent location signaling him that they knew where he was going to go this is on our side of the border and uh, right. this i i'm just telling you you know, I interviewed uh, Sheriff McLaughlin about two about two years ago, early on in this program, and basically he said that the border is no longer on the Rio Grande; it's moving inland. And I think I think what we're seeing now is that that border is moving even closer and closer. And so, those of us in Bandera County and in Kerr County, that's almost the border these days. So um, let's see. We had um, uh, Brian Slayton. What do you think about uh, Representative Brian Slayton, Kathy? I like this man. He walks 
the walk. He does. He talks. I mean, he he walks what he, he 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 is sincere. I think we have a good man in in him being or whoever has him as is lucky enough to have him as a representative. And he's been he's been at um, several events that we've been at over the last few weeks, and seems to be um, a real advocate for um, conservative values and keeping uh, hoping uh, winning back our autonomy here as far as our border goes, um, you know, and our ability to control it. Although they're fighting an uphill battle, um, it seems. Um, one of, the, uh, Kathy, one of the, one of the comments we heard, and we heard it over and over this weekend, is it's really the Democrats are not much of a challenge on this. The challenge is coming from the establishment Republicans and from Governor Abbott. Now, Governor Abbott's name was mentioned a few times this weekend, wasn't it, uh, <laughs> Kathy? Yeah, it it was. It was. And, um, you know, he's kind of late to the party. Yep. You know, he's, he's real late to the party, and uh, he's got some catching up to do. And it doesn't look like he's really moving too quickly in that direction. Um, yeah. Not, not, a, not, a, not a good thing right now. Uh, these people are desperate. Their lives have been totally upended. Their children cannot go out and play in, in the yards. Yard. Right. Yeah, and there are there are illegals tapping on the windows of these people's homes at night when their children are in the asleep in their bedrooms, and they are harassing them. They are breaking property in order to get water. They're breaking into property to get food, water. Um, clothing uh they're discarding all their junk all over the country there the countryside they're they're um ruining fences uh thousands and thousands of dollars in um maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars in property damage to these ranchers there are ranchers that have not been able to ranch for 20 years because Mm. of the invasion and uh, they they're ranching out in New Mexico, but they still own their property there in Texas, or down in down in but you know between say Brackettville and the border. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, you know it's uh, astounding, and I don't know. I guess you know the some of the ranchers are, are commenting that they were hoping to leave that legacy of ranching to their children, but their children can't do it. Right. I mean, it's, they've just they've you know, come they they've just come to a. A, a stop down there in everything that is normal and i just can't imagine and i try to put myself in there and you've got people tapping on your window at night you've got your little kids in there it, it's just frightening you know they did a number of months ago uh, many of the uh, counties down there declared an emergency and so we had one of the speakers who talked about what happened when they declared a state of emergency and they let the governor know about it and uh, what they call uh, TDM, which is the Texas Department of Emergency Management. And so what happens if uh, you declare an emergency in your county, then TDM, Texas Department of Emergency Management, is, a supposed, to, is, a, is supposed to kick right in and get to work helping you to solve whatever emergency you are in. The reply they got when uh, several months ago when they declared this emergency, the reply they got from the governor was, well, do what you need to do and save your receipts. 
Did I did I Correct. understand did I understand that correctly, Kathy? Yes, and and, I, and that's what they said. In that they t- they told them we heard that in Bracketville. We heard mm-hmm. that here as well. That save your receipts. So they're like, you know, do what you can. Just we'll pay for it. But that's not an added. That's not that's not getting anything done. No. And then you know, and then they come up with these constitutional challenges to what they're doing, or or you know, the state, the feds are right. now challenging what what the the counties are trying to accomplish and even what abbott has governor abbott has um said he was going to do they're they're challenging it uh we need to take back our sovereignty in the state of texas we are a sovereign state we we can exercise that right uh for it and and more needs to be done and more people need to realize that and stand up uh because knowledge um uh, numbers count. I mean, if mm-hmm. you know our our little rallies are drawing what? What would you say? Maybe three hundred, four hundred people. Yeah, that may, that may have hit two fifty on Saturday. Yeah. So, but if we had a thousand people with placards, yep. You know, standing there along that highway ninety, right? Last yesterday uh, in Hondo. Yeah. Screaming and yelling at at the people going by in their cars maybe somebody would send a drone uh, one of the news stations would send a drone there to video it and right. get it out there but it's not happening no and uh you know we need more bodies even if you think it's not your business it doesn't affect you um it will it, it, it will it does it does and it will Kathy, can you? Um, I want you to read out your testimony that you've written, but we're running behind on a break. Can you stick around through this break, and when we come back, read your testimony? Sure. All right, sure. folks, y'all stay tuned. I have Kathy Lux um, with the Fredericksburg Tea Party. She is our membership coordinator and is one of the two awesome women that will meet you when you walk into a Fredericksburg Tea Party meeting. The first one is my wife, Gail. And the second one is Kathy Lux. So y'all stay tuned. Kathy has written some powerful testimony that she's going to deliver tonight to the Fredericksburg City Council. Y'all stay tuned. All right, folks, we are back. You're listening to the Matt Long Show. And, yes, it's Monday and Angela Smith. Um, I gave her a permission slip. She is absent uh she is this is an excused absence for angela smith but don't worry she'll be back next monday maybe we'll bring her on uh, later on in the week you know i don't know if you can get by a whole week without angela smith on the matt long show but boy i'm telling you what we've got a good substitute for her today kathy lux and uh, so kathy was telling us about the event in hondo this saturday we're going to have another one in Pleasanton on this coming Sunday, and it starts at 3 in the afternoon. And so if you live anywhere in the Hill Country, you'll be able to go to church and uh, stop off and have a little bit of a, a meal and uh, then head to Pleasanton, I believe, from the Fredericksburg area. It's around two hours from the Kerrville area, about an hour and a half. If I'm wrong on that, I apologize but uh, Pleasanton is south of San Antonio, and a good opportunity, if you couldn't be there this Saturday, to go be there this uh, coming Sunday. 
So uh, when I called Kathy this morning and asked her to come on to the program, and it was last minute, and I want to thank Kathy for agreeing to do this, she then told me she'd written some testimony to give, to deliver to the city of Fredericksburg, the city council meeting tonight. So, Kathy, uh, welcome back, and um, t- tell us about your testimony uh, why you de- felt like you needed to deliver this testimony, and then go ahead and read it to us. Okay. Well, I felt like, um, I don't know, I had that little feeling in the my the pit of my stomach that li- going and listening to those rallies is nothing if you do not take action. And so I'm thinking, what can I do soon to take action? And so I thought, well, the city council meeting is tonight, and uh, I'm mainly doing this to bring awareness to them uh, uh, about um, the problems, and hopefully uh, they might be able to come up with us uh, uh, some support for the for those counties that and cities and counties that are being so heavily affected by it. Okay. So that's why I'm doing it. So um, here you go. Here's here's what I'm going to say. Uh, first off, I'm going to thank the, uh, thank you for allowing public comments at this meeting. It is a liberty that I do not take lightly. I'm sure the governing body is aware of the border issues. The reports are on the news and on social media, as so, so it is very hard to miss. Last weekend, I and many other citizens from Kerrville and Fredericksburg attended a border rally in Hondo, Texas. We were informed in detail of the magnitude of the issue. The ranchers and townspeople alike are suffering unbelievable torment and hardship by this influx of humanity that is illegally entering the cities along the border and then being bussed all over the state. The appeals of the citizens of these border counties and the counties adjacent to them have fallen on deaf ears, apparently. I know our fair city seems far removed from the fray, but trust me, trouble is on the way. Human trafficking is already here, since several arrests for this crime have been made in Gillespie County fairly recently. It is just going to get worse. This is the second rally we have attended. The folks in these towns and counties are so grateful when people from counties further from the border make an effort to come down to lend support. They need our help advocating for border security uh, with their our elected officials and perhaps more importantly, our moral support. Another border rally will be held Sunday at 3 p.m. in Pleasanton, Texas. I would like to invite members of this body and our sheriff, Buddy Mills, to attend this rally and get more informed about what is happening to let the citizens of the border counties and the ones next to them know we support their efforts towards solving the problem. Believe me, you will be shocked. And I just then thank them for their time. So we are allowed three minutes, or I could probably talk for half an hour. Oh, I, oh, I know. I know. That's why I called you this morning, Kathy, because I knew you, you would be good. Let me ask you a question, because that's very well written. Are you a professional writer? No. Oh, okay. No. Let me ask you another question. This is like in a court of law. Are you a professional speaker? No. I did lecture, wait, wait, I lectured for Weight Watchers for about three years. <laughs> all right, okay, all right. That That's sort of, okay, That you're, you're a semi-pro then. We'll call it that. Do Is that something you love doing, is standing up in front of a room of, of people maybe whom you don't know and then and speaking? Is that something that you enjoy doing? No. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, you know what? All the answers to those questions, Kathy, Prove to me that you are a regular, normal American. In fact, you are just like 
most of the people that li- are listening right now. They've never delivered a testimony like that. They've they've never get they'll never you know they don't they've never gotten up in front of their city council or county commissioners and they're intimidated by it and and they're they're frightened by it it is it is true stage fright in fact I think it's been proven that uh, most people would rather be in the casket than delivering the eulogy at a funeral I I mean that's that's how uh, afraid people are of public speaking and so. The point I wanted to make is that that what Kathy wrote, it didn't it didn't take her days to write that. She sat down, wrote it from her heart, and she's going to go tonight and read it right off of the paper. And and you practiced it, and you timed it down to three minutes, right? Correct. Uh, and Matt, could I interject something? Go ahead. If these two these two rallies, we are we're, we're the speakers that show up there. There are a few that are are used to that sort of thing, but the by and large, the the majority are um, ranchers and like the sheriffs. Those sheriffs, and the one especially in Hondo, I mean, he's about six foot what? I don't know, four. six foot. He was he was thirteen tall. or he something. Was, he looked like a sheriff. Though. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he himself says, you know, public speaking is not what he wants to do. He wants to be out. He said he'd rather be handcuffing somebody than. Speaking publicly, right? So that tells you how much he likes to speak. And there, there were citizens um, that that, and especially in Mike Miller, I don't think he particularly wanted to speak. No, but they are speaking because, and you find your voice. And yes. I'll bet the lady from Latinos for uh, the Latino uh, for Trump group. You're right. Uh, right. I bet that. I bet that lady wasn't a public speaker either, but boy, she is on fire for pa- with a passion for this issue, and um, so we all, you, if you find the passion, you can speak. Absolutely. Her name is uh, Bianca Gracia, and uh, she is going to be uh, one of the speakers this next Sunday, along with uh, Jill Glover, Sheena Rodriguez, um, uh, Brent Smith, who we heard from on Saturday, George H. Rodriguez, El Conservador, also always a good speaker, and Mike Miller, who we were just talking about, plus many more. Kathy, thank you so much for taking the time and and rising to the occasion at the last second for me this morning. Kathy, thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much uh, for having me, Matt. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about... uh, the permission slips at the Capitol. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you for staying tuned. And I got to visit with uh, Kyle Biederman a few days ago, and he had received a hall pass from uh, Speaker Dade Phelan. So if you want to know what it looks like in the uh, Capitol these days, every representative is supposed to be there for a roll call. I believe it's around 10 o'clock. And uh, they show up, and the speaker does a roll call. And if I get this details wrong, but basically it's the idea. They all have to be there. It's a special session. They have to show up. And so, of course, all the Republicans are showing up. And uh, the Democrats, uh, there's about three or four who have stayed in town, but the rest of them have fled the state. And, of course, it's, I think it's real funny that 
They got their 15 minutes of fame about two weeks ago, and then they just disappeared. It was like national news for three days, right? Oh, those brave Democrats took off to Washington, and boy, it made the national news, and we saw them in the bus with their case of beer and 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 the picture on the flight, and we saw all of that, and then something shinier came along, and the national news just kind of blew over those guys. So you wouldn't even know that they're still in Washington, but they are. And I brought you some of the recordings on, I believe, oh, goodness, when was it? Uh, when, uh, last week, this past week sometime, I uh, brought you some of the recordings of their being grilled. So what happened in Congress, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the House of representatives decided that while they had those Democrats there, that they would uh, uh, have a hearing entitled, all right, you ready for this? Democracy in Danger, the Assault on Voting Rights in Texas. And so they had a, a congressional hearing. Well, the uh, everybody gets to uh, be a part of the congressional hearings when they are happening, including Republicans. And so... Chip Roy, that was the, uh, we played about seven or eight minutes of him grilling those yahoos last week. And uh, then I told you about the other lady, oh, I can't think of her name right now, um, who asked him a series of questions about the, oh, about what you had to have a ID for. That was uh, that was very, very interesting part. This one uh, congressman, not from Texas, um, went up and uh, just uh, started asking the um, asking the the Democrats real simple questions. Do you need an ID to buy alcohol? Yes. Do you need an ID to buy cigarettes? Yes. Do you need an ID to? And this took her five minutes. This congressman took her five minutes, her entire five minutes, doing nothing but asking these three Democrats that were at the council if they needed ID for certain things, including did you need ID to get on the private plane that flew you to Washington, D.C.? And uh, one of the uh, Texas Democrats said yes. And this uh, congresswoman replied and said, well, that's interesting. I didn't know the answer to that one because I've never flown in a private plane. And then she asked him, did you need ID to get into the building, into this hearing today? Yes. And so this congressman just asked that, took her entire five minutes asking those questions. And then, of course, you got Chip. Uh, let's see, uh, Fa- uh, Fallon. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, well, I lost myself in this article. And so, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, this was, uh, of course, the, um, oh, it was Fallon who said, who pushed back against the Democrats on uh, many parts of the Texas election bill. And so the all these Democrats had been saying that uh, Texas is being one of the hardest states to vote in and that, you know, we were just, uh, we were just horrible as Texas and Texans. And so then he reads over some of the things in the bill to these Democrats. And then he says, would you join me in condemning Connecticut and New Hampshire and Delaware and New York and New Jersey 
for being racially insensitive by not having two weeks of early voting. Because, see, that's in the bill, two-plus weeks of early voting. We expanded in this bill that they're complaining about. We expand early voting. And, yes, it does include Sunday voting. Someone tried to argue with me on that one. Um, uh, there is, they did include Sunday voting on this bill. I believe it is a shortened afternoon voting time. And so this uh, Fallon, Congressman Fallon, says... Um, that these Texas laws that we're considering are much less restrictive than Connecticut, New Hampshire, Delaware, New York, and New Jersey. None of those five states have early voting. You heard that right. Delaware has no early voting. You vote on one day, you show up in person, you bring your ID, and you vote on one day. And so these Democrats were up there really happy to criticize the state of Texas. And uh, Congressman uh, uh, Fallon says, would you join me in condemning Connecticut, New Hampshire, Delaware, New York, and New Jersey for being racially insensitive? And uh, so one of the Texas Democrats replies, I'm not familiar with what's going on in those other states. Well, Collier, Congressman Fallon just explained that to you, that these other states do not have early voting, and Texas does. And so these, uh, it, it, just this stuff, just, uh, I don't know, just makes me sick. Um, and so the, let's see, uh, oh, there was another thing. Uh, uh, Fallon, uh, during all of this, the Democrats pointed out a an issue within the bill. They actually pointed to a specific issue. Rather than just saying racism, they pointed to a specific issue. That issue was uh, sent back to Representative Andy Murr, who is the bill's author, uh, This uh, uh, the uh, author of the bill in the House, which is not the one that has been passed so far, but offered the, the bill in the House, and uh, the Democrats pointed to this one little section, and they, uh, the Republicans got together in Austin and said, you know what, the Dems are right on that one. There is an inconsistency. And so uh, they replied back. Andy Merz says, hey, I'll, we'll fix this for you. Will you come back now? And, of course, they did not reply to that. So we're, we're doing some in-kind efforts uh, to get them back. And, uh, by the way, it's going to be very difficult to take their pay away. And uh, despite the idea of can the governor just fire those speakers, I mean those uh, representatives, can he uh, avoid those seats out for dereliction of duty or anything like that, the answer, folks, to that is pretty clear. He can't do that. And you don't want a governor to have that kind of power. All right, because if a governor can, on a whim or whatever reason, decide to vacate the seat that you voted for, that you put that representative in there, then who's your representative going to be beholden to, the governor or you? And so you do not want the governor to have the power to remove these people from their seats. Now, a legitimate dereliction of duty, I that I do not know 
uh, anything about. Maybe I can get a lawyer on here to talk to us about that. Um, one of the solutions that our um, uh, that Brian Slayton brought up was perhaps rather than have maybe they need to change the rules so that the paycheck that these representatives re, uh, receive their $220 per day uh, per diem. I guess I just repeated myself. The $220 per diem, that is an automatic, that is uh, uh, automatically put into their, into their um, checking account. And I liked the idea that uh, Representative uh, Slayton said, he said, why don't we change the rules so that the, you will have to actually show up and get a check that is on paper. I kind of like that idea. I kind of like that idea because that would uh, go back to old school, so they would have to be there to pick up their check. Um, I really do like that idea. Folks, um, we're coming up to the end of the show here. We've got uh, Lorraine Lamond in the house, ready to go. Man, Lorraine, I had a great time with you and Rick on Sunday. We did. Rick and, Rick and Lorraine and my wife and I uh, spent the day with uh, Lorraine. We went to church together on Sunday, and boy, boy, was it church. It was for real church. Um, folks, y'all stay tuned for Lorraine, and I will see you tomorrow.